Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart to everyone out there who listens to this show, who enjoys this show on a weekly basis, who's followed this show for, I think it's been like two years now, we've recorded over 193 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and tonight I was incredibly elated and humbled at the same time to win the Twippy Award for Best Pinball Podcast. And I I, I really, I can't express how thankful and humble and grateful I am that I think I have the best pinball podcast fans out there on the planet. And it's because of all of you that I I feel like this sort of resurgence or re-motivate it to make this pinball podcast even better as we go into 2018. So I I really do thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, this pinball podcast started two years ago when I was banned from Pinside. And I was sort of silenced by the forum. And I think the reason why you listen to this podcast, not just because it's entertaining and it's fun and it's it's timely and there's a cadence of these episodes... I do think people enjoy the show because I think we've been honest from day one about this hobby. I've been honest about what I know and don't know about pinball. I've been honest about how I feel about these manufacturers, and I've kept manufacturers honest. And I think, you know, out of all the great shows out there, and there are so many amazing pinball podcasts. In fact, it was incredible when they were listing all the content that is out there on a daily and weekly basis talking about pinball and arcade games and this hobby. It is incredibly, incredibly humbling to, uh, to be selected by all of you as, as the best pinball podcast out there. So thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I want to talk about the show. I want to talk about the Twippy Awards because we've been waiting for this show for a while. And I actually had my prediction show where I, where I said what I thought would win, I, I, I was two for two when the show began. I didn't end up with a perfect score, but we're going to go through the different categories on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and I love the way they did it. I just want to say, I want to give the biggest shout out and the biggest thanks I can possibly give to Jeff over at This Week in Pinball, because Jeff, your site has become the go-to It has become the well of information that gives everyone on a weekly basis everything they need to know about what's going on in the hobby. And I love it because we can get that information without plowing through the drama and all the name calling and the bickering and of the forum, right? Because it's all right there and it's delivered to you without opinion, without, you know, people chiming in and screaming yay or nay. It's just, here it is. Here's what's happening. This is happening in pinball. Take it or leave it, but this is the news. So I know I speak uh, from all of the peers who do podcasts that without you, uh, our shows wouldn't be as interesting. And so when when we got word that there was going to be an annual award show that was going to be called the Twippies and straight down the middle was going to host it on this date, 
Uh, it was exciting, and I, and, I, and I knew it was exciting for a lot of people to vote. And what I loved about the show tonight is I loved the production value of it. I loved all the work that went in it. Zach and Greg, you guys, like, did an amazing job. It, it, it blew me away when you guys went into the categories, and, and there, was, there was almost like a little montage of all the top nominees. I, I did not expect that. I did not expect that. I thought you guys were just going to read the list and then say the winners. It, it was very well done, very entertaining, and, and super enjoyable because when you're on Twitch, you've got all the people on the right side commenting as they're announcing nominees and winners. You know... I'm, of course, coming off of the high of being selected as the best pinball podcast. Again, I, I still can't believe that you guys voted for me. I, I think I owe Hilton like a, a sweatshirt, right? A $200 sweatshirt to wear at TPF for winning. So I need to get on that, right? Someone needs to keep me honest on that. Um, but what I loved about the show as I stepped back, and I've been getting a little you know, not down and out, but negative on the hobby and at times. But what I loved about this show, it was a celebration of all of the good things going on in pinball. It was a celebration of the best games. It was a celebration of the best work. It was a celebration of the best companies. It was a, a spotlight on all that is good in pinball. And it is amazing when you think about in 2018, that we have all this positivity, momentum, and amazing new games to talk about, to vote for, and not just games, but the individuals behind these games that are, are providing their creativity, their passion, their enthusiasm for a hobby by all intents and purposes should be obsolete. This, this hobby should be dead in 2018, but it's because of all the people behind it and it's because of all you listeners out there that buy games. Um, it's because of all of that together and that positive energy around pinball that it's still alive and well. And I love the fact that this was an evening to celebrate that. Because as I've said on this podcast many times, you know the companies we didn't hear tonight? You know the names we didn't hear tonight? Not one mention or nomination for games like Alien. Okay? There's no mention of... Any of the, you know, Magic Girl was a 2017 title. Uh, you know, there was all the negative, all the bad seeds in the hobby. They weren't mentioned once. And that is, again, it's important. We, we should focus. We should focus on the positive sides of this hobby and celebrate those who deserve it. And that was, you know, it was so well done. So let's, we're going to, what we're going to do, and I know this might be a little bit redundant if you saw the show, but we're going to go through it quickly. We're going to go through what the categories were, what the nominees were, and who the winners were. Because not everybody who listens to this podcast probably watched uh, the Twippies tonight. And I think it's probably going to go up on YouTube soon. So let's dive right into it. So the first category the first category was Best Animations and Displays in a Pinball Machine. And the nominees were Dialed In, Batman 66, and Star Wars. Okay? I for, and I, I think I got this one right. The winner was... The winners... The winners... The winner was Dialed In. And I think, I think it deserved it. I, I think if you look at the animations in the, those three titles... Clearly, the most work went into creating the whole world of Dialed In and Quantum City and that really cool SimCity graphics that are up on that screen. Uh, I, I was kind of shocked that Star Wars was even in the top three. 
Uh, and Batman 66, I think, is good, but just not the same level of animations um, as dialed in. The next category was Best Toys and Gimmicks. Gimmicks is kind of a funny word, right? It's very broad. Uh, and toys in a pinball machine. So the nominees there were Dialed In, Aerosmith, and Batman. Okay? Now, I th- I th- I'm not sure if I got this one right. So... I definitely think that Batman was immediately probably not going to win, right? Because the crane's an old toy and the the turntable, kind of clunky. Aerosmith's toy box, super, super cool. But it's kind of like the only thing in that game that really is like a wow. So the winner was Dialed In. And Dialed In has a lot of magnets. It has a lot of magnets. It has a lot of... It's got the subway station. It's got the theater. It's got the phone. It's got a lot in it, okay? It's got, it's got the, the drones with the spinning blades. There's no denying it that when you look down at Dialed In, it's packed with stuff. I mean, you've got the woman with the, the arm and the wrench goes down as a ball diverter. There's so much in that game. There's so much in that game. So I, I think Dialed In deserved to get best toys and gimmicks. The next category was best light show in a pinball game. Dialed In, Total Nuclear Annihilation, and Star Wars. Now, again, these are in all these categories, they gave us the top three nominees. And the winner there, and this was, this was like close one. When they showed the footage, all of these had nice light shows was Total Nuclear Annihilation. I, and that, I, I bet that was the one I voted for. Uh, I think, you know, when you dialed in and TNA definitely, definitely have spectacular light shows, far better than Star Wars, in my opinion. Uh, tough one, right? Tough one. But I think why Scott won this is that he really did unique stuff with the lights. And the way the light show with the music work in TNA is absolutely phenomenal. And I've just seen that game do stuff with lights that I never saw any game do before. So I, I think it was well-deserved. So congratulations, Scott. There's a lot, of, a lot of positive vibes and cheers for Scott and Spooky and, and all the team who worked on that game uh, on the comment thread. Uh, so best theme of the year. This one was interesting. So the top three... Total Nuclear Annihilation, Star Wars, and Batman 66. Now, I definitely think Star Wars and Batman should be in this category. I was confused as to, like, can you really say that Total Nuclear Annihilation is a, is the best theme? Um, again, I, I see best theme as just, is like, what is a theme you would love to see made into a pinball machine? Is blowing up eight nuclear reactors? Uh, within a storyline you've never heard before, the best pinball theme? I don't know. I think what this shows is you guys do want originality. Um, But the winner, easily the winner, Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars, greatest theme on planet Earth, maybe in the history of entertainment. So I I think it deserved to win. Now, it's, it's, I think when you win best theme, but don't win best theme integration, it backs up what I've been saying about that pin all along. All right, the best mod was interesting. So the best mod in a pinball game was a write-in category. So by that, I mean that peop- there was there, they didn't pick like eight and had people vote. You wrote in who, who was your favorite. And, you know, I picked the mod couples mods for Batman, but I didn't realize because I... Well, I guess it was all write-in, so it didn't matter. I didn't realize that Pin Stadium was a new mod in 2017. For some reason, I thought Pin Stadium lights had been out in 2016. Uh, Pin Stadium won. And I think deservedly so, and I'll explain why. 
the Batman mods are incredible. All right, they they have transformed the appearance of that game. But all of them, except for the phone, they're not. They don't really change the gameplay at all. They're they're static mods that are are meant to visually enhance the game, but they that they don't really do much else. The Penn Stadium lights, from what I've heard, and I was expecting mine tonight, but they're actually going to arrive tomorrow. The Penn Stadium lights are changing pinball for people. They they are making the experience of playing pinball so much more improved, and I've heard nothing but glowing reviews about Penn Stadium lights, so I'm not surprised that they won, so congratulations uh, to Scott for winning with that incredible mod. I mean, you know the mod's popular because there's a four-week wait to get it. All right. So favorite YouTube pinball channel. The nominees were Buffalo Pinball, which I love that show. Very, very entertaining. Papa. And Papa, you know, see, the thing is this. People go to Papa. I mean, Papa, the tutorials are incredible if you want to learn how to play a pinball game, right? Not the most riveting kind of content. But for you tourney guys and you guys who really want to know how your games work and how the modes work and how to play the game yeah you're not really looking for like jokes and entertainment you're just looking for like the rules and how to play the game and then we had straight down the middle was the final so buffalo papa and straight down the middle and the winner maybe you could argue that they had some favoritism because they were also going to host the show and they're on your mind with straight down the middle podcast but no i i love these guys i i think their show is entertaining I think what even my win in the podcast area shows is that it's not just about your knowledge of pinball. I think my podcast shows that you almost can have absolutely no knowledge of pinball and still be the favorite to watch because what all of us are creating is just content. Is the content exciting? Is it engaging? Is it worth watching or listening to? And when you're on YouTube, and we have a lot of content to watch, and you have to be exciting, okay? And I think Zach um, and Greg are extremely exciting. Okay, so the best theme integration, the nominees were Dialed In, Total Nuclear Annihilation, and Batman 66. And the winner, and this one, you know, again, interesting that Total Nuclear Annihilation is in this category as a top three and look this is voted by the pinball fans this 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 wasn't like the top three that jeff or anyone else picked this is you guys pick these um the winner of that was dialed in best theme integration and what's interesting about dialed in and tna being best theme integration is both themes are original so it's kind of interesting because we don't have any frame of reference for how that theme should be integrated, right? It's not like, oh, wait, that's not the total nuclear annihilation world I imagine, or that's not the quantum city of my childhood. You know, it's like you can't really get it wrong. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, but I do think if you think about Dialed In and the world of Quantum City, it's cool, man. Like, it is cool. There's a, the, like the subways there, the subways on the screen. You know that everything that's happening on the screen is what's on the play field. It, it all corresponds nicely to each other. Uh, and you know, got you got the cell phone, you've got it, the SIM cards. You, everything's in there that that makes that theme sing. Um, I don't think you know. Look, I, I've said it. 
I've said it. I think Batman 66 will go down as Stern's best theme-integrated pin of all time. I do. Uh, The problem with Batman, and I don't think it deserved to win in this category, is it's only now good. Okay? You can't... I I don't think you can come in at the 11th hour and, and, and get an award for 2017 when you made people suffer for 11 out of the 12 months on on the code. All right, the next category is best sound and callouts. Now, I had an issue with this category because I think, and Jeff, if you're listening, I think sound and callouts are two different things. And I think there needs to be separate awards because uh, I know that the sound engineers like might work on both, but to me, the callout is like the actor. Maybe it's an actor from the show or maybe it's the actor that's hired to do the callouts. And also it's... It's the way the call-out is articulated. So you know how in, in Dialed In, it's kind of boring, like super jackpot. And in Lord of the Rings, it's, you know, you've got, um, oh, what's the, you got the dwarf Gimli being like, super jackpot, ha, ha, ha. You know, it's like, to me, you know, that's different than sound. And I think if we were going to do best call-outs in a pinball game, I don't think you can do any other game than Batman 66, which has... Adam West and Burt Ward doing pinball-specific call-outs. I mean, come on. That's got to be the best call-out. But, you know, it was a combination of the two. And so the best sound in call-outs, and I know why this one, because this, this game clearly has the best sound, is Total Nuclear Annihilation. So, and this has got to just make Scott super happy. I mean, Scott was a DJ. He made, he made the music for this game. You know, incredible incredible congratulations scott on on a great victory um so best pinball streamer we had buffalo pinball dead flip and straight down the middle and i i think i had waspinator on there as as my pick but uh, these are all great these are all great pinball streamers uh the winner and this guy is someone who spends so much time and so much effort making sure we get our first look at new pinball machines. And, and and we can't thank him enough because what he does is he takes it out of the realm of people bitching and moaning on the forums and he actually shows you here's the game. And that is Mr. Jack Danger. Jack, congratulations on winning the Twippy. Uh, I, I couldn't be happier for you. I think, again, Jack is one of these figures where... It's personality mixed with passion, and I think that's why people like tuning in. And I've always said it too, Jack doesn't have an easy job. He has to sometimes march into Stern Pinball and play a game with like no code and put a smile on his face like he's enjoying himself, even though in the back of his head he's probably like, you can't send this piece of shit to consumers yet. It's not even like half done. Um, but he has to play nice because he's in the belly of the Stern Beast. All right, so the next one is Best Code and Rule Set. And the nominees were Dialed In, TNA, and Star Wars. Okay, and the winner is Dialed In. You're noticing a pattern here. Dialed In won a lot of awards. Easily the most. And we're, we're, we'll count them up at, at the end. But in terms of code and rule set, uh, you know, Dialed In is a very, very deep game, but it's a very approachable game. 
Uh, I think Star Wars is is a complex coded mess that you need a tutorial book to figure out how to play that game with multipliers and stacking and this and that. Um, and TNA, I haven't played it. I hear the you know the code is I, it's more repetitive of what you're doing in that game. So I think Dialed In uh, deserves that win. Now look again, missing from this list is Batman 66. But again, you can't really say in 2017 Batman code was all there. The next is best play field layout and gameplay. Now that's an interesting category, right? Like the layout of a game and then the gameplay. You know, how fun is it? Is it fast? Is it like, is is the ball doing magical things like as it's moving around? You know, what's the layout like? The nominees for best layout and gameplay were dialed in Star Wars and TNA. What I love too, and I haven't said this yet, in most of these top three, we are seeing representation from different manufacturers. And that's awesome. You know, Stern, Jersey Jack, and Spooky are all battling it out. Now, Steve Ritchie versus Pat Lawler is like, that's like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. I mean, the, those two juggernauts. The, the, to me, this is like, who, who did it, right? Who directed the best movie? That's kind of like what this category is. And the winner is Pat Lawler and Dialed In. And I don't think there's anyone out there that would argue that the return of Pat Lawler to pinball is a very special moment. The game Dialed In is a very special game. Uh, the layout, the toys, the gameplay, the amount of stuff Pat Lawler put into a standard body Jersey Jack machine was phenomenal and the game has this amazing ability to flow but also like have a lot a lot of stuff in it right to to win best toys and best layout and best gameplay and best code and best rule uh you know rule set um and best theme integration you know what else and best animations I, i mean a lot of best there people all right the next uh category was the best pinball podcast. Now, uh, we know who, we know we know the outcome, but the nominees were Buffalo Pinball Podcast, Head to Head Pinball, Ryan and Marty over there in Australia, and and this podcast, Canada's Pinball Podcast. It, it, I got to be honest, like I was actually like a little nervous when they were doing the the top three, and the first two went, and I was like, shit, like maybe I didn't even make the top three, <laughs> like me, because I, I still thought that like coast to coast was going to take it. Um, and I like, again, I, as I'm, as I said, like I love head to head pinball. I love Buffalo pinball podcast. I, I was surprised that slam tilt podcast wasn't on there, but again, like when these guys read the amount of pinball podcasts that are currently out there in the world, I, I mean, it felt like there was like 10 or 20 of them. And when I started doing this podcast, I mean, it was basically Nate Shivers. It was Spooky Pinball. We had the Pinheads podcast. We had the Pinball podcast. We had that flipping podcast. You know, there's maybe like, uh, there was maybe like five or six ones that were pretty frequent. I mean, there's like over, it feels like there's like 15 now. Um, So again, the fact that this was pinball fans writing in who their favorite show was and and this show took it. 
I, I, again, I'm just like so thankful. I really am. And I hope all of you who listen to this show and who voted are happy w- for me and we're happy together and we can celebrate uh, many more Canada Pinball podcasts to come. And, and I got to say, like, I, I kind of feel like you guys, you guys don't know, like, how close I was to kind of taking a break in the near future. And, and this has made me change my mind because I, I can't, well, should I go out on top? I mean, maybe I should go out while we're ahead. Um, no, but I have a lot of new, I have a lot of new, like sort of things I want to explore with the podcast. It's not, you know, you're not, I'm not going to change. I will every once in a while have some bipolar madness. I will every once in a while put up a drunk podcast that I remove in the morning. I will every once in a while go on the attack mode to these dingleberry manufacturers. They know who they are. Um, but I, I, again, I can, I can guarantee you that it'll always be entertaining. It'll always be frequent. It'll always be truthful or at least trying to find the truth in pinball uh and it'll and i'll always be an ally to you over the manufacturer that is my role in this podcast is to make sure that we look out for each other because it's a lot of money that we're spending on these things okay let's go to best pinball art and i know this was one of contention and a battle because Oh, you know, it was between Aerosmith and, and Batman 66 and Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, you got Franchi versus Dirty Donnie. And, look, I, I think that I picked Aerosmith here because, again, I think Aerosmith had just so much detail in it. And it, it that game suited Donnie's style perfectly. I love Christopher Franchi artwork. I love my Batman art. I love the art on Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Christopher Franchi as a person and a human being. He's one of the coolest dudes I've met in this hobby. I consider him a very personal friend. So you can imagine how hard it was for me to tell him I actually voted for Aerosmith. Um, but here's the thing. I, I think Franchi's got like such a bright future. And I, and I think he, the stuff he's coming out with is going to blow you away. I fully expect him to win a Twippy um, you know, one of these days. And, you know, I think Donnie's art style is more limiting. I, I don't think we're going to see it on, on as much as, as, uh, as Franchi. And, you know, because you've got to draw, like, characters. You've got to draw people. And, you know, Donnie's stuff is well-suited for, like, you know, it reminds me of, like, those rock and roll t-shirts, like, back in the 80s and 90s with, like, Aerosmith and Metallica and Guns N' Roses. They all have that style. Uh, but you can't really do that style if you're going to do the artwork for movies and TV shows. I don't think it translates as well. So... So I guess that's my way of saying, Mr. Franchi, don't don't do anything drastic. <laughs> Stay with us. Um, but also congratulations to Donnie, man. I mean, the art looked great. I'm taking nothing away from you. I mean, Aerosmith is, I think, the best bang for the buck. It had the nicest art package, toys, and, you know, for 5200 bucks, you can't name a, a, a better bang for the buck. All right, then the moment came. The game of the year. The game of the year. Dialed in. Batman 66 and Total Nuclear Annihilation were the nominees. Now, all these people should take a bow. And again, I think it's incredible that it was three the three manufacturers that I've continued to say will be the only three pinball manufacturers that will be in business in the long term, uh, you know, because they are the ones who actually do what they say they're going to do, and they're making new pinball. You know, what's, we didn't talk about it, but what was absent from all of this, these nominations is no one nominated Attack from Mars Remake LE, right? 
And, you know, it just goes to show that remakes will never have the excitement, they'll never have the hype, they'll never have the enthusiasm around uh, as, as a new pin, around it as a new pin, because we need to give credit to those who are trying new things, not just recreating what's been done before. So, the winner, drumroll, is dialed in. And I have to say, I'm not surprised. I'm not disappointed. I don't feel like it was robbed from Scott Denisi. You know, Pat Lawler's dialed in and Jersey Jack's dialed in is the best pinball game of 2017. And let's all congratulate Jersey Jack and team on that award. I mean, Jack's going to have a whole a whole bookshelf full of trippy awards that he must feel good about, that he must feel good about. You know, it's interesting because I, I think when, you know, I, I think about, well, what was, what do you think the best selling pinball machine was of 2017? Do you think it was dialed in? And is there a direct correlation between being the best by the pinball peers, but then what's the best pinball profiting pin? Is that, I, I could probably say that in a more articulate way. I, I flew back from Atlanta today, so I'm a little tired, but do you think that the, the best pinball it has made the best profit, right? It's a better way to say it. Uh, pr- probably not, right? Probably not, because theme matters and all these other things matter. And I think dialed in is, I get, I've said it, I think it's the, I, I think I even said this, it's the best pinball machine that was made with probably one of the most head-scratching themes I would have picked. And again, I just think when Jersey Jack aligns, when he aligns the design talents of Pat Lawler with a theme that people love, you're going to see profit like no other machine. And I really hope that's Toy Story. Um, so that was, and that concluded, the Twippy Awards. It was a little under an hour and a half show. A lot of fun. A lot. I can't say enough. Like I just feel like so excited. I actually want to go play pinball tonight <laughs> in my apartment. Um, but wonderful, wonderful evening. I look forward to uh, it every year now. Hopefully, um, we continue to do it. And I think the takeaway for people, right, is like it's fun to celebrate all the hardworking, passionate people. And it's fun to have a say in what we think is the best without arguing with each other, without fighting with each other. You know, it was a very positive evening. And I love that a lot of the, the pin side personalities and the fanatics of the, of the hobby were on that right side bantering back and forth, telling jokes. You know, I was like, the Twippy for best use of the word two weeks goes to Andrew Highway. <laughs> no, so like there's, you know, there's a lot of fun and, and, and jabbing back and forth. That was, was, was also awesome. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, guys. Now we have a couple of news items, a couple of news items that I wanted to talk about, but I wanted to do it after I went over the show uh, and talked about the nominees and the winners. Uh, the news items that I have, and first and foremost, Batman 66 has a new code update. So 0.86 was released this week. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Uh, I know that some more minor villains were at it. A few other things were done to the game. So it's, it's interesting that we're, I mean, we're still crawling. 0.85, 0.86. You know, if, if we... If it's just going to be a 0.01 increase or a 0.1 increase from here to 1.0, I mean, 
that's 14 more updates if they do it this way. So a lot more to come, too, in that game. So that's exciting. Now, I think the big sort of like, what the F? They're going to do what? Was Stern announcing that they're going to remake ACDC Premium Lucy Edition. Now, this news I did not see coming. I I really didn't. And it's a strange move for a a few reasons. Uh, One being... Nobody out there is saying, you know what, we need more ACDCs to be remade. We just got the Pro and the Premium remade. People just bought Premiums um, over the past few months and had, you know, there, there was no shortage of the ability to find one and buy one and order one from a distributor. So why would they remake Lucy all of a sudden? And the timing of that is really strange to me. You know, everybody wants Tron. Everybody wants Lord of the Rings to be remade. They, no one needs more ACDCs. Now, the thing that's disappointing is this. And this would suck. And put yourselves in the shoes of this buyer. You go in and you buy Stern's ACDC Premium Vault Edition four months ago. And you get it. And you loved it. You would have preferred to buy Lucy, but there is no Lucy option, so you buy it. And then four months later, Stern announces, hey, we're making Lucy premiums, and that is the one you would have wanted. I just think it's in bad form for them to do that. I really do. I don't like marketing like that. I don't like screwing over your early adopters whenever you launch a product into the world. I, I think it shows a lack of caring and a lack of common sense for your customers. You know, because it's just, I don't know, common sense is not the right word. It, it shows a lack of caring. It's like all you care about is money today. And you don't care that people are going to be pissed off and feel like they would have waited. Because you never want people to feel that way. That because they supported you early on, they get screwed somehow. And so, you know, it's like, it's it's going to ship in February. It's I mean, it's, it's right around the corner. The distributors are taking orders, so it's definitely confirmed. Uh, and, and I think it's unfortunate. The other question I had in my head, well, why are they doing this now? Why are they doing this now? And my speculation is that Guardians of the Galaxy is not selling very well. And Stern is doing this to inject some new revenue or make up for revenue that is hasn't been actualized because people are not going crazy for Guardians of the Galaxy. That is just 100% speculation by this podcast. But it's a strange move, isn't it, to bring Lucy out right now. It's also strange to me that Stern really can't figure out how to properly do these vault editions. I, I, I really, you know, whoever's doing the marketing around them, Jody, and, and I don't know if it's Josh, or is it Josh or Zach? Who's, I think it's Josh. Whoever is doing marketing at Stern, give me a call. Because I, I just don't, you guys, like, the way you do vaults, I, here's the thing. I'm sure it's not a marketing decision. I'm sure it's a financial decision. And that's probably my bad. I'd look at this stuff through the marketing lens because normally when I do marketing for major brands, our marketing is not dictated by um, the financial department and it's not dictated by a weird production schedule. You know, I think every move Stern makes is, is, for the most part, is normally a financial decision. 
we need to keep the line moving. If this isn't doing well, let's slot something else in. But what I'm always perplexed about is why can't they like learn from the right ways to market and get people excited for these vaults? You know, I, if I, here's what I would do. I would say, look, we're going to vault Tron. We're not going to make an unlimited amount of them. We are going to make 400 Tron vault editions. They are going to be enhanced in the following way. We know the demand to get one of these is probably higher than the supply. So do something interesting to figure out a way to get those 400 people, you know, there are trons. You could say, you could do this. Like you could easily do this. You could say, we're going to do, we're only going to make 400 trons. Now we want to make sure these go to the biggest tron fans. And the biggest tron fans played the tron arcade game. Here's what I would do. I would bring the tron arcade game around to all the different pinball shows. And, who you know, at each show... The 25 people who got the highest scores, they get it, you know, they get an invitation to, to buy Tron VE. See what I just did there? Instead of making it some lame submit videos to YouTube begging Stern to buy Batman SLE, why not make a competition out of it? You've got a damn Tron arcade game that's iconic and classic. The other thing I would do if I was a marketer, I would try to make this Vault Edition based or re- reskinned to be the original Tron. And that would be cool. Um... I don't know if they could, uh, it might be hard with the modes and everything are based upon Tron Legacy, but that's what I would do. Uh, Lord of the Rings, same thing. I would always make the vault editions something fun in some campy way, but also be honest about how many you're going to make and, and make them like limited. I don't think vaults should be this arbitrary or ambiguous amount of them are going to be made, and then you're going to hoodwink people and come out with Lucy a few you know, weeks, months later, it's just not, not, it's not good marketing. Um, and look, and for those of you out there, like you want the Helen edition, uh, you can't, you can't buy the Helen stuff. Like Oryx artwork for ACDC is 100% copyright infringement. If he sells it, you know, Stern's going to come after him. I, I know for a fact they are. All right. Anything else going on in the hobby? You know, there's not much. I'm in a really good mood. I thank you again so much for writing in, and picking this podcast as your favorite pinball podcast. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I really do. I'm so looking forward to football this weekend. I hope the Jaguars pounce on the Patriots. I, I, I hope they shellack them. And I think that um, I want the Eagles to win for my, my friend Robert Mooney and his family who are huge Eagle fans. Uh, Robert, I hope they win. But I don't know. Nick Foles is terrible. Terrible. Oh, he like throws the football sideways, it looks like, when it goes through the air. But anyway, guys, enjoy your weekend. Uh, we'll have some new guests. I'm going to line up some new guests for you and some new sort of like segments within this show that I think are going to be fun and that will, uh, again, take this podcast to the next level because you voted for it and you've said that this is the best pinball podcast and I want to make it even better because I'm not going to rest on my laurels as we go into 2018. Have a great weekend. This is episode 194. I bet that's Mario. Fashionably late per the norm. I'll get it, Felix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>